Welcome to Making Sense of Parenting. This show is dedicated to helping parents change chaos, confusion, and struggle into calm, clear connections with their kids, all in a way that aligns with their faith. Hey there, I'm your host, Kelly Shoup, helping you navigate the bumpy road of raising kids. Let's dive into today's topic. Hey there. Have the late afternoon and evenings been incredibly hard in your household? Do you feel like your kid's behavior is out of control in these first few weeks of school being in session? This is a problem that I have heard so much about from parents in the last couple weeks. So I wanted to address it today. Again, if you are just finding me, I am Kelly Shoup. I am parent coach, pediatric occupational therapist, mother of three teenagers, cradle Catholic mindset coach, and just um, have been helping families, kids for over 20 years with all the frustrations and struggles that go into that journey of raising a child from birth for 20 years into adulthood. So what does the word self-control, self-regulation, self-soothing, and self-care, what do these words have to do with that after-school time and your child's out-of-control behavior? So that's what we're going to dive into today. It is... um, eye-opening for most parents to hear a few of these things and ways that you can show up in a better place for your kids and ways to guide and teach your kids to be more self-aware so they can show up in a better place also in your family, which makes for a more peaceful, connected, harmonious place to live. And that is always my goal. I have been on a mission for a very long time to help parents, to make it easier for y'all. It does not have to be the struggle, the frustration, the survival mode. I see so many parents in survival mode right now, and you don't have to be. I am here to help. Okay, we're going to start first with self-control. What is the definition of self-control? And I just grabbed some of these definitions from, you know, Webster's and just kind of basic, basic dictionary. So self-control is about inhibiting impulses. So here's what you can remember about self-control. It is about stopping. It's about exercising restraint over an impulse, over a desire, over a behavior, um, restraining an emotion that is, um, you know, coming out as behavior in your child, self-control is someone having the ability to, in their own body, stop or inhibit or restrain an impulse, okay? Stopping. Self-control, we're going to stop something. If I have good self-control, I should be able to refuse that piece of chocolate cake that I really want after dinner. So I'm stopping 
myself from eating that piece of chocolate cake. Okay? This is something that every human needs to have the ability to do, to practice self-control. But even more important than self-control is self-regulation. What is that word? Have you ever heard it? Maybe your young child is in school and you've heard, you have heard that word regulation and you're like, okay, I think I've heard about emotional regulation, not really heard about self-regulation. Self-regulation is kind of the big term, like the umbrella over um, emotional regulation, physical regulation, social and mental regulation. Self-regulation involves being able to, in your own self, identify the causes of the impulse, the cause of this behavior, the cause of this feeling. So incredibly important. So when I'm working with kids who are communicating with bad behavior to parents after school, because a lot of it's happening after school, because they've had to work so hard to behave well in school, we are talking about that regulation of all these different things. Okay, so self-regulation, identifying that cause. And then based on whatever that, when we've identified what caused this impulse, this emotion, this outburst, this whatever, um, from there, we are going to either do something or not do something. So where self-control was only stopping or not doing, self-regulation often is doing something. It's an activity. It's doing um, an action with our body to stay in an A-OK homeostasis point throughout our body. So that's a way of saying homeostasis, all of our systems are all a-okay. Our nervous system is fine. Our sensory system is fine. Our mental, our mindset, our thoughts. We're not agitated or worried or stirred up about something. We're just calm. Our heartbeat is normal. Our muscles are relaxed. If we are in a state of homeostasis, and again, this is going to be different for every single human because of the way God created them. Everybody's thermostat point, that homeostasis point, which I explain it as a thermostat. It's your unique thermostat point. And then what has to happen throughout your day to stay at that set point? So if you have a thermostat in your house, you're going to set it at a particular temperature. And then based on the temperature of the um, environment outside or how many times your door is being opened, that thermostat is going to kick on or kick off. So, you know, if, if I want my thermostat at 70 degrees and it's at 75, it's going to have to cool that system to get it down to 70. But if it's lower at 68, 
then it's going to have the heat's going to kick on to get back to that 70, that temperature of 70 degrees. And so that is self-regulation, understanding that each of us has this set point where we are completely settled and okay in all of the systems of our body, our energy system, our emotional system, our physical system, our sensory system, our interoceptive system, which is the, that internal sensation system. So this is the goal always. Our bodies are automatically doing this or doing that or not doing this or not doing something to stay in this thermostat point. And I also call it A-OK because that is a term that young kids can very easily understand. Are you A-OK? I've got, you know, I can put hand, physical hand movements with it and they can easily understand it. So I'm going to have to do something or not do something to keep myself in that set point. Okay. The other thing about self-regulation is we're, we're staying at that set point and what we do or we don't do changes with the environment that we're in. And this can be difficult for kids, especially young kids, those three to eight ages. Because they can get used to and set in, okay, here's my set point. The volume is this. The kind of the activity in my body can be this. It might be when they are at home in your house. But then when they go to school, it has to look different. And then when they're on the soccer field, their self-regulation, what they do and don't do to listen to the coach and pay attention and follow instructions that self-regulation looks different. And then when they're in church on Sunday and they have to sit quietly, that self-regulation that they have to do looks different. And parents, you are also doing this all the time. What do you do? What do you don't do? What is socially acceptable for adults to do to stay regulated? If you chew gum, if you twirl your hair, this is helping regulate your nervous system, all of that um, homeostasis. If you click your pen, anybody? If you kind of jiggle your knee, all of these are socially acceptable ways that adults self-regulate. And so even at night when we are asleep, our body is self-regulating. If we're too hot, we'll kick off the sheets. If we're um, nervous or something, a lot of times people will, you know, pull on a sheet or something. So again, it's how God created us that we kind of automatically go into, okay, what do I have to do to stay at my best A-OK point? But we're pulled out of it all the time. But kids who are young have more difficulty with this. And they need our guidance. They need our help. They need us to be regulated ourselves. So if I am dysregulated and I am very um, grumpy, I'm irritated, I'm slamming things around, I'm just on the verge of snapping, and my energy would be, be projecting that to my kids, that's not a, they don't feel safe. 
and I'm not available to help them stay regulated and stay calm at home because I'm not doing it myself. And so this is incredibly important for parents to know, A, what do you do to self-regulate? And if you are in a situation that makes you angry or triggers you, or you know that you're headed into a work meeting that's going to be stressed, I promise you are self-regulating somehow. So think about it and figure out what do you do? Are you kind of, oh, I um, twirl my coffee cup, the handle on my coffee cup, I twirl it around, or I chew gum, or I bite my fingernails, or I kind of chew on the inside of my lip, or I kind of pull on my ear. There are so many different behaviors that adults do to self-regulate. Totally fine. I want you to do them. Again, because when we're regulated, we're at that A-OK point, and that's when we're available to help our kids. Here's another term. This has come up this week, coaching parents. Self-soothing. What does that mean? Okay, well, one definition in the dictionary is that it's how a child stops crying and puts themselves to sleep or they fall asleep. That, that would not be a term I would agree with. Yes, whatever. Okay. I like another term that is, it is a tool. Self-soothing is a tool that humans use to calm or soothe ourselves. If we are in a situation of we're anxious, we're irritated, we are stressed or distressed. Now, do kids, young kids, babies, do they self-soothe to fall asleep? Often, yes. And this actually is just the start of helping them have the ability to self-regulate. So their ability to calm their nervous system down, to wiggle around in the crib, to cry is perfectly healthy ways that they are learning to handle how to get themselves to that set point on their own. This is a lifelong skill. Like we're constantly working on it. And as we grow and change in our body and our hormones and all of that, self-regulation will look different. Like what I did when I was in my teenage years to self-regulate is different than what I do now. So I want you parents to understand every human is doing this. We are doing it every minute of every day. Even when you were asleep, God created our bodies to be taking care of themselves, to be protecting themselves automatically. So we're doing it in our sleep. We just don't know. We just don't think about it because we're asleep. But it's so important for your kids to be able to have this skill. This self-regulation is the number one developmental skill for every child. And self-soothing is a part of it because that's how you're, again, it's a tool we're using to soothe ourselves. Starts as a baby to fall asleep. I often have parents say, oh, I really, I don't want them to cry themselves to sleep. 
I'm totally fine rocking, driving them around for 30 minutes, holding them this particular way and moving and um, juggling just at the perfect speed and tempo to get them to fall asleep. I applaud your parenting skills here, but you're really not helping your child because again, they are going to have to be able to do this themselves. And if we can empower them, again, I am all about empowering kids to do things for themselves. They feel better. They have the control. They're able to do it without you. And parents, we cannot be there every minute for our children from birth to 20. So as soon as we can empower them, I want to empower them. And so that can look like an infant who is self-soothing to fall asleep. It may look like 20 minutes of crying. I had a mom this week and she said, okay, I don't know what to do. This is her second child who is crying at night for 20 minutes. And she said, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And I said, you're not doing anything wrong because each human has their own nervous system their own way that their kind of system unwinds to get calm, to fall asleep. So each of your children are going to be different. And so the second one has to fuss a little bit at night to get get all that energy out, get their nervous system, all their their, um, systems in their body calm to that A-OK set point so they can get relaxed to fall asleep. Every child has a different rhythm. Every human has a different rhythm and a different pace that is kind of their optimal way to go about interacting with the world. So when a child is falling asleep, that also will be different. Their rhythm, their pace of life, how how quickly or how long it takes them to, again, get back to a calm, A-OK, I'm totally fine, I can fall asleep. So instead of thinking that you are a bad parent for letting your child fall asleep, here is your new thought. I am empowering my child to be able to do things on their own. And it starts now with being able to put themselves to sleep. You are doing the right thing by letting them cry for 20 minutes, if that is what it takes to let them fall asleep, because this is the first part, first step in learning self-regulation and how to understand what's going on in their body to get it to a calm place, okay? Why I think this is so incredibly important and has come up so much for me in the last couple weeks is because, well, a couple reasons. The first one is, is that when kids go back to school, it's a new routine. They have so much they have to pay attention to, so much that's coming at them, their senses from the environment, and they're trying, their body's working so hard to just be calm and quietly stand still and listen to the library teacher and put their lunch tray at the right place. It's a lot, a lot, a lot for a little child to deal with. And I really, I repeat this over and over to the parents that I work with because 
we we think that children should be able to really just you know go to school all day long come home then maybe go play an instrument do a sport do all these things no these little bodies that is exhausting to the body so if they've held it all together all day long they've done everything they were supposed to and you didn't get a call from the teacher saying oh my goodness your kid's out of control that is success that is success for your child it's also success for you as a parent that your child can stay regulated because they're doing it every minute of the day that they're in school all day long in a really good way. But then they come home and because home is safe, you love them unconditionally. This is where any of the stuff that they had to keep in that was energy that they really wanted to get out, but they had to hold it in. That's when it comes out is after school. So that after school evening time routine for the first month after school, just know it can be bumpy because kids are getting used to, their body has to get used to all that regulation all day. And it will adjust fairly quickly. But I just tell parents, just give yourself two, two weeks to a month of whininess after school, of crying, of picking on their sister, of, you know, having some physical behaviors because it's overflow of all the things that they were doing all day long to stay in that set point. Again, perfectly okay. That's what we want them to do. So I don't want you to punish kids for doing what's healthy and right. To bring that overflow, that excess of energy and emotion, all of it, it's, it's the right place for them to bring it home. But I can help you if it seems destructive or hurtful to a sibling or whatever like that. But again, I just want you to understand it um, for today's show. The second reason that um, this time can be hard for parents in regard to after school and some out of control behavior is if you have a child who has been self-soothing, sucking their thumb, they have a blanket that they, you know, like to rub on their face and maybe they've had it from, you know, birth till they're three and they're going to school in the morning for three hours and the, the, um, the big blanket is not allowed. It's too big. Or there could be some stuffed animal that they love to carry around and stroke the ear of this bunny rabbit or something. But again, it's not allowed at new school. It can even look for kids who are a little bit older, like a transition from first grade to second grade. Maybe you have a child who sucks their thumb. My son will suck his thumb. So in between first and second grade, he didn't want to. He was trying to stop. He didn't want to do it at school. It became embarrassing to him in front of his peers. So what he had been doing to, to self-soothe and self-regulate that worked for him to get his whole system back to A-OK, he was trying to do away with it, and he was kind of embarrassed about it. And so that was difficult. So again, if you have these young kids, who they are used to taking a, um, their stuffed bunny everywhere and all of a sudden 
Bunny's not going to preschool with them, then that makes them even that much more out of control and kind of out of sorts. Yes, you can give it to them um, when they come home, but I also encourage parents, if you can, let's help them find a new way to self-soothe and self-regulate that would work at school. So sometimes I will say, is there any way we could take the ear off the bunny? Yes, I know that can be mean that we've dismembered the stuffed bunny that's, you know, huge, but I'm always looking for ways. Or maybe it's a piece of fabric that they like to feel and they like to rub it on their cheek that, again, is giving them that self-soothing, self-regulated, A-OK, I feel fine, I feel safe, it's all good. How can I set them up for success? What can I help them have a new way, a different way to be able to do that at school? Because if we can help them do that, just for those three hours when they're at school, it really does help for when they get home. Okay. And again, parents, I'm always, my mission is to help make your lives easier help give you tools and things that will allow you to help guide and teach and manage your kids so it's more peaceful and calm. And so absolutely self-regulation, a self-soothing something is, I help parents with this a lot because it's super, super important. Okay. Last thing, self-care. Why? is self-care. Why would I really bring that up? Self-care is like, you know, a pedicure and no, self-care is not what a lot of people think of self-care as. Self-care to me is vital things that I need to do in my day that allow me to show up the best that I can, the best mentally, the best physically, spiritually, emotionally, all of it. And so, again, we are going to help our kids understand what do they need. We're going to start with self-soothing and self-regulation. But as they get older, I'm helping my kids understand what, what do you need to do every day to show up as your best self? For my youngest, she needs some type of activity. She likes to move her body. I do also. I really think every human God created us to get up and move our body and integrate that mind, body, spirit connection right when we get up. It's how we will operate best in our day. But that isn't what some people do. So Self-care for moms is so incredibly important because y'all don't do it. And I know I've been there. I am as guilty as everybody else. And I can be as well-intentioned, but sometimes it doesn't happen. So I want to give you parents permission, like rule number one, step number one. What do you need to be at your best? What do you need to fill your cup like your well is full, overflowing, overflowing with water in your well for good stuff? 
that you are available for everybody else. And if you are empty or depleted in your well, you don't have the ability to support everybody else in your world in a really good way. And so much of parenting, especially when they come home after school, that late afternoon, evening time, you are managing and guiding and teaching and training your kids' emotions and their physical and their behavior, all the stuff, the homework, the friends, the logistics of the practices, all of that. Parents have so much stuff on their plate. And so I really need you to, again, know how important it is for you to have self-care. It can look quick. It can look like um, lighting a candle. It can look like a quick walk around the block. For me, it always involves moving my body, except a bath. I do like a bath. Um, But that can also be quick. I can go do a 10-minute bath, and then I am reset and recharged. And that is something I will absolutely do if I know I have a really busy evening of soccer games and then we got to leave that first soccer game and we got to zip over here to this school to do that activity and that is very often what my world consists of with three kids and so again I have to think really quickly the beginning of the day what do I need to do to show up in the best way for all day and I need to do that and then also to help guide and teach and manage my young kids in self-soothing, self-regulation, and yes, self-control also. Okay, I hope that helps. Come find me, my monthly membership. Come find me, Instagram, Kelly Kshoop, www.kellykshoop.com. Did you like what you heard in this episode? If you did, please share it with a friend and be sure and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app. Reviews are always appreciated. As a reminder, my show is also on YouTube. In YouTube, search for Kelly K. Shoup. That's K-E-L-L-Y-K-S-H-O-U-P. Be sure to click the subscribe button and hit the bell for all notifications. To learn more about my work, helping families, or to contact me, go to kellykshoop.com. Again, that's kellykshoop.com. Thanks so much 